And this is the After Service Podcast. Do it. Welcome to our ghetto podcast. We only have two mics. So if if it sounds a little bit weird, donations are open. Yeah, for donations. If you feel called to donate. Please go to tithe.com slash real, like open up a GoFundMe. We, oh, we hallelujah. I felt that. Go. We can, we can open up, uh, yeah, a Venmo. Venmo or somewhat. Link in our bio. Yeah, link, link in bio friends. Okay. Bio friends, bio friendly. Right, y'all can just introduce yourselves one at a time. Hey, guys. It's Jonalyn, also known as Lil John. Hey, y'all. It's Casey. Hey, guys. It's Fabiola. Oh, hello, guys. This is Ricardo. Hey, it don't matter. I'm an editor. I can just... Okay. What's up, y'all? This is Tommy. What's up, guys? It's Ryan. What's up? It's your boy, Jacob. I'm doing too much. (laughs) And the person behind all this is Patrick. All right? We we cannot do this without him. Sound effects. We still need a cat button. We still need a cat button. All right. <laughs> All right. The first question or topic that I want to bring up is, you know, a lot of people feel like the Bible is um, sexist, you know? And if, we, if we're if we honest, by today's standard, it I'm is scared. absolutely sexist. By today's urban standards. You, you don't think so? Okay. Well, let, uh, yeah. Wait, hold on. Let's I get, back I get up. What he's trying to say. Okay, first of all, this is like such a random topic, but I get what he's trying to say. Like two t t days, two two days standard. Like I'm not saying he's saying like society, like two society standard. It would be sexist as a non Christian, as somebody that is passionate about this. They're gonna be like, this is sexist because that's what they believe. And that's just what he means. He's not saying, like, you know, what we think. Yeah, I've definitely heard this many times before. I, I've heard, I've seen videos, I've heard, you know, personal testimonies of people saying, I don't want to follow the Bible because the Bible is telling me to do this, this, and that. And it makes me feel like I have to be under, you know, a man's control and under this and that, you know, very sexist a lot of people would say that it is and I really would have to say that it all has to do with the lack of understanding of the Bible if you have not read the Bible if you have not done your research if you if you have not spoken to (laughs) if you have not spoken to spiritual counselors to you know pastors to women in Christ how are you going to necessarily state that it is full-on sexist? Is it because Google told you? Is it because a friend told you? Is it because you read one out-of-context Bible verse that made it seem like... (laughs) Out of context. (laughs) That made it seem like, you know, perhaps it was degrading you? That's not how it is. As a woman of Christ, I'm telling you now that has experienced both worldly situations and godly situations, I have felt the most empowered as a woman, as a full 
um, Jesus follower, really, truly. It's empowering. And like I said, you need to know the scripture to understand why. Right, because what, whatever God said, he said it for a reason. He did not say this just because. So if you can't go out of your way to check the context, to try to, you know, argue with somebody, then you got an issue. For whatever I care, go to the Come Hebrew on. Bible right now. Translate. I don't even know what. Do what you got to do. Do it. No, do your own translation is what I mean. I was go, to the Hebrew, go to the Hebrew Bible. Do your own translation. Do what you got to do for whatever I care. But you got to do your research if it bothers you that much. The thing is, is there is a lot. There is a lot. Y'all are so childish in the, in the house. So <laughs> there is a lot of, of like y'all are saying, out of context verses that people want to use to back up their sexist thoughts. And I think that a lot of, there is so many stories in the Bible of amazing, powerful women that God has used, but they're not focused on because we live in a society that has sexist thoughts. So automatically, they're going to look at all the things the males are doing, all the things yep. that, and bring all that stuff up because that's just how it's been for generations. Yep. And instead, and they're just blowing all those other things under the rug. But if you truly look at scripture, God uses, why, Ruth? God uses woman a lot more than, than you think that they do. And there's a lot of things that people tried to hold against woman. Oh, woman can't preach. Woman can't do this. That are literally just letters being wrote to a certain church at a certain time if you look at context. But people are trying to look at previous letters from hundreds of years ago that were created for that specific situation and trying to use it in a totally different circumstance because they already have that pre-sexist thought in their head. So I don't think that it's necessarily the Bible is sexist. It's the people that are speaking it, interpreting it. It's, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They're not truly trying to look of what God is saying. They're trying to back up the thoughts that they already have in their head. And a lot of things that you read in the Bible are not easy to interpret. This is why it's important to do your research as much as you would, you know, for other things, for other topics. I have to do it. I know everybody that's sitting at this table has to do it. I have misinterpreted a lot of things. In fact, I have misinterpreted a lot of things I have to do with women in the Bible. And I have felt offended before. But that's because sometimes also... It is a process. It is a process of God working in your heart and working in your life also to take away pride, to take away, uh, away hatred that, honestly, society builds up in women. And, you know, and it's just a process of the Holy Spirit working in your life wholeheartedly. Yeah, I think it's crazy how society is so focusing on empowering women when, in fact, they're really not empowering women at all. <laughs> It's it's so crazy. Like once, man, once you just like God just like really just speaks to you on how much just authority that you have, you realize how much the world is trying to take away from you and trying to present it as giving you power and authority. Come on, that was good. Oh, I guess that's my roommate, y'all. Because I want all the smoke. Um, I, okay. Okay. I want all um, the smoke. You know, 
Hey, we need views, all right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I for mean, yeah, for, it's our turn pray, now. Hey, pray for Ricardo real quick. No. <laughs> Let's take a moment of silence. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I agree with y'all. I mean, for, first of all, I want to say that the Bible is the best thing that happened to women. Before the Bible, you know, men, I mean, not men, women were seen as dirt, you know? It, it, was, it was seen as inferior to be with a woman. So, first of all, uh, yeah. Uh, and we like, stood there. If we came from clay, come on now. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. JK. <laughs> we just took two steps back. Hold on. We came from the rim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm JK. I'm just kidding. As a matter of fact, men are nerds. They, they were made from the. Y'all try to call us nerds, but y'all the ones that came from clay. Right, right. We're made from ribs. We're made from the bones. So we're 100% pure calcium. How about that? We're hard as bones. Come on. All right. For real. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, going back to that. Um, <laughs> He said, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, by today's standards, the Bible is seen as sexist. And, but I want to get y'all's opinion because some Christians, like even some uh, female Christians still don't really hold the value that or the belief that the man is the head of the household. They want to have the attitude or the belief that, you know, it, it's equal and equal. And yes, for the most part, it is. But the Bible is clear that the, the man is the head of the household. So what do y'all think about that? Here's what I have to say. The man is the head of the household. But I'm scared. Listen, there is things. <laughs> here's, here's the problem. A lot of people, when they hear that women Samuel, have roles. Samuel, hop on his mug. That women have roles and men have roles. They want to imply that women can't do A, B, and C. And nobody's saying that woman can't do what men can do. What we're saying is, is that you aren't, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You, we should be breaking up the, the weight. You heard what I'm saying? There's responsibilities that men will have in the household, and there's responsibilities that women will have in a household, because if we both take on those responsibilities, that's too much. God never intended for, yeah, there's not a balance. God never intended for it to be this degrading thing that woman can't do this, woman can't do that. It's just, right. we're just breaking up the work. Right, because I can work for myself, but by any means, pay my bills. Oh. Oh. And I, oop. Hey. JK, nah, again. She meant that, she meant that. Hey, hey, no. You know, it's I'm not kidding. I, I want my bills paid. It, well, even though I, even though I do believe that you know the Bible says that the man is the head of the household, um, I do think some guys take it too far. They're like they want they want their woman to be a bum basically, like like stay at home, have babies, and that's it. <laughs> but they don't understand when they were talking yeah. about when they were talking about proverbs. <laughs> Yeah, because can we talk about how... Wait, no, to elaborate on what you just said. No, 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 wait, I'm not done yet. Go ahead, go ahead. Because Proverbs talks about a woman, you know, who goes to the market, and all she's basically running the funds, and the man is working. Right. But there's some guys out there, y'all might know, I don't know, 
who are like, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a handle all the, all, all the money, everything. I'm like, bro, but that's not really like you basically want a bum. Right, right. They just want a factory at this point. Oh. <laughs> so, whoa, I don't know about that. <laughs> Dang. Guys, what I meant. Do y'all not get it? Like to create babies? Like a baby factory. A baby factory. A baby factory. How is that a bad influence? It's very much true. There is men that just want their women to reproduce and have as much babies as possible without with zero consequence. You're not allowed to have it no more. No. Okay. We're not, not trying to talk. You're, you're phrasing in a crazy way. <laughs> Jacob walked out this whole place. Wait. Let me, let me ask something. It's about being raw, but we're going to keep it PG. We're going to keep it cool. Casey. First of all, we are all well above PG. First of all. Second of all, Dang. what is wrong? Like, we can't talk. Are, are we not talking about the real topics in life it's good i just want to ask a question i just want to ask a question so you know john made a joke about by all means provide you know pay my bills right so it's a joke but i feel like it's controversial amongst a lot of christian women do you really want a man that's going to provide everything for you or do you not want a man because you want to be seen more as equal you don't want a man to provide everything for you like, how do you interpret the Bible? Listen. How do you interpret, <laughs> like, Girl, what you look for in a man? I guess. Many girls are different. Different, You know, some, some want to work for themselves. Some don't. That's just simply how it is. Every woman is different. And I was just making a joke, you know. I'm not, <laughs> I mean, I can, like I said, I can work for myself. But if you want to pay my bills, you can pay my bills. I'm not going to fight you for it. She's, she's, I'm not going to fight you. emphasis on that. <laughs> okay, but, yeah, but. But listen, regardless in any relationship, somebody's going to take the role of something. The Lord is just telling us what he has created us for. What the woman Mm -hmm. has a natural instinct, a natural, you know, advantage in. And what the man has a natural instinct and a natural advantage in. Right. So regardless if you're trying to switch, you know, the roles, this is what the Lord is saying. Right. Not everybody's going to accept that. Now, in terms of, you said, do women want them, you know, to, to get their pills, ba- bills paid? Pills? <laughs> pills paid. Pills paid. Pills paid. <laughs> you know, I always say, every single time this topic comes up, I always say that it, it really depends on the marriage. And it depends on the relationship. And it depends on the person's convictions. And I believe that the Lord, you know, can put people together to really complement each other. And if there is a woman who is, you know, just huge on wanting a family and investing in her family 100% of the way, and the man just wants to provide the financial aspect of that, Hey, guess what? They're both working just as much. Both of their roles are just as valuable, just as important. But he's bringing in the income. And she's bringing in the homemaking. And if a woman wants to work and the man wants to work, that's fine. 
but are they both following Jesus? That's mm-hmm. the important thing. Are they following Jesus? Are they following God's word? Yeah. As, and this is saying that they're Christians, like full-on Christians, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So I got to get my train of thought back on what I was going to say before. <laughs> oh, Taking it back a little bit, I think a lot of times uh, why people see as like women being inferior and men being women being inferior to men is because we have we have grown in society to think that the task that women have in particular is lesser than the task that the role that God assigned for women is lesser than the role that God assigned for men that we have that idea in our head when in reality it's not really greater or less than it's just those are the things that God assigned us to do and made us perfectly made to do like guys can't do certain things that women can do and women can't do certain things that guys can do period that's just a matter and then going back to and then going back to kind of Jumping on what Fabiola said, um, I think it just depends, answering Ryan's question, I think it just depends on the relationship because, like she said, like you, ha- number one, if they're following God, then they're still going to be, they're still going to be fulfilling uh, the assignments that God has for each of them and have a godly marriage, whether or not the woman decides that, or the family actually decides that the woman is going to stay at home and be a homemaker, or their family decides that they're both going to work. If you have a godly marriage and a godly relationship, that doesn't matter because at the end of the day, whether you're working or you're working at home, you're still fulfilling God's purpose that he has for your particular family and what he wants y'all to do as a family. Um, So I think just people are just stuck on that because I know uh, quite a few women who find purpose in being a homemaker at home. Like they feel that that was God's purpose for them particularly. And then I have some, I know some women who work and they feel like where they are in their workplace, that's where God put them. But at the same time, they don't neglect their family. I think that's another idea that people have is if a woman's working, that they're neglecting their family. And that's not necessarily true. So, yeah, it basically just depends on the woman and whatever they choose or whatever they both of them choose in their marriage. It's completely valid as long as it pleases the Lord. So, I got I know, they all said, mm. yeah, because it sounds like a rose battle. Because <laughs> I just feel like the part that we we're talking about is talking about wives be submissive to your husband, da 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 da. Then it also says, husbands, be respectful of your wives. Yeah. So, Don't in exactly, say it louder, say it louder. Husbands, be respectful of your wives. And so in, in that respect of that leadership position or the head of the household, however you want to put it, you should have respect for your spouse. And that means, okay, so what do you want to do? What is going to make you happy in this? And what is going to make you happy in this situation? All right, so let's take the steps. And I just feel like that's that togetherness. Once you're together, you like you're in unity, you're one, and you're just, hey, okay, so let's work this out. What's... What's, but you have to have the intentionality of, like, talking about it. And so, uh, yeah, that's all I want to say. 
I really love how you mentioned unity and how you become one. Because I feel like many times when people talk about this topic, they love to split their roles and split, you know, oh, the woman is doing this, so the man is doing that. But we, what we don't understand sometimes is that they are one. In a marriage, they are one and they are complementing each other based off of being that one, right? And yeah, like you said, the Bible does say wives submit to their husbands, but like ladies, the Bible also says that the husbands should love their wives as Jesus loved the church. Like, do you guys understand how severe that is? The humongous responsibility that is? They have to die for us. In a sense, they have to, hmm? not physically. <laughs> hey, come on, guys. Be mature. Be mature. But if a bullet comes, you better get in between. Ladies but if first. a bullet comes, Ladies you better first. get in between. No, listen, but be let, let's be mature. But but that's that's how severe the Lord loved his church. That's how severely the Lord was dedicated, determined, and protective over his people. Like this is not the word submissive on its own has just this terrible, you know, what would you say? Connotation. Yeah. And so when people see that word, it's offensive already. When people read it, it's offensive already. People take offense to the word on its own without even knowing the meaning, honestly. It's just something that's thrown around and people don't want it. But it's like, there's a completely different perspective if you really understand the Bible of how important it is for the man to treat the woman and vice versa. This is something to compliment you, not to bring you down. This is something right. to uplift you, not to push you to the side. This is something to say, wow, you're just as important as a man and this is why we need you. Right. That is the meaning of the rules that God puts in the Bible. And the Bible shouldn't be offending you because if it is, not, sis, that's conviction and that's a personal problem. And you got to figure that out. <laughs> you got to figure that out and confess it to the Lord if that stuff is bothering you. Okay. So another, you know, topic that, that we see right now is, you know, the culture really playing down the need for, uh, for the presence of a father. And I think uh, the culture is downgrading the, the value of having a father in the household. Yeah. And, you know, that's not really a, bi a biblical view, but I see a lot of um, a Christian women doing it. I mean, I'm not saying that they're doing it on purpose, but well, tell me your opinions about that. If you have any. Society is saying women can do anything a man can do, and man can do anything a woman could do, right? But, you know, if we read the Bible, God has ordained, right? He has, he has a plan. He has a purpose for things. And there is a purpose for why he's, he said he wanted man as the head of the household, right? There is a purpose for why he said everything that he said. And... Yeah, of course, you know, women read that, and it can be a turnoff to them. But you have to read the whole part into context. You have to read the part that, you know, when you continue reading about how, you know, the man has a responsibility to love their wife and respect them. Is it respectful to, you know, rule over someone, degrade them, and treat them like, like they're less than you, you know? So you're not being a man of God if that's how you're treating your wife, right? A real man of God would listen to his wife and understand, I know what your needs are. I'm going to do my best to lead us uh, to have, have the best possible marriage. And that's what the Bible says a man should do. 
And in the same way, it calls a wife to submit to her husband, but not in not in the way that we think of degrading submission. Now, submit in that time simply meant to you know respect his leadership, respect that, and have trust in him that his decisions are going to be you know smart decisions, best for the family, and in the same in the same topic decisions are you being a man of god if if you're not including your wife on any decisions of course not Mm. and you know i believe that to be very very true um but there's also proof that there are effects negative effects to fatherless homes and this is not to say that it is always controllable this is not always to say that you can that you can control a father, you know, whether a home is fatherless or not, right? But, you know, there is this situation going on in society where it's like, I'm a strong woman, I don't need no man, yeah. you know? And we're believing it to an extent where we don't want men around. We don't want men around. We don't want a father figure in our lives sometimes. Right. But the reality is that it's necessary. And, you know, there's facts in the U.S. Census. Literally right here it says that... million children, one in four, live without a biological step or adoptive father in the home. And it has, you know, social ills that face America today. And what are these things? Poverty, a greater risk of poverty, Uh, more likely to become pregnant as a teen. Uh, You know, there's things such as behavioral problems and abuse and neglect or drugs and alcohol, abuse of drugs and alcohol, or more likely, more likely to go to prison, or drop out of, of high school. Like, there are actual negative effects that happen for having, you know, in, um, in correlation to having a fatherless home. Right, because I agree with being a girl boss and all that, but you also need to understand that when you need help, you need it. I am naturally a very much independent person. I, right. I, I, listen, the problem is, this is very true my whole life. Um, the Lord had to really work on me with that because you have to understand that we were just talking about this the other day for the little fine arts practice. There are things as a woman that I would handle situations one way and men are going to naturally handle them a totally different way. Let's say someone comes up to me, an example that we used on Sunday, student comes up to me, wants some, is going through something. I'm automatically, oh man, are you okay? Let me go get you a, can I get you something to eat? Let me get you, yeah, exactly. I'm going to start, right, let me take you to right across the street to Whataburger. It will solve your issue right now. And, of course, we all are thinking in our head, Jesus is the medicine, Jesus is the, is the Savior, all that stuff. Of course, that's our, that's our common goal. But the way that we handle it is so much different and it's so interesting to me because talking to them, they were talking about, no, with a, with a man, you know, we're just over here. How can we solve this? What can we do? Right. And that complements each other so much. And in that moment, I really realized, like, wow, there are things that women try to pick up 
that aren't natural for us to pick up, right? And it's causing us to have issues that you usually see men have, which pride, all that stuff. You see a lot of, of people talk about men struggle with pride. And now I believe that women are struggling with it almost just as much because we're trying to pick up the weight of what men are supposed to be carrying instead of just allowing someone to help us because we've created the society because we've been, I feel like it's because we've been trampled over for so long. We're like, not today. You're not finna do that to me. Girl, calm down. Nobody's trying to do that to you. (laughs) Nobody did that to you. (laughs) And you're holding someone, you're holding your trauma against somebody that has nothing to do with it, like what was caused upon you. That's all I have to say. I'm going to stop there. Yeah, and and to get back to the father point, like, man. Like, you did the work for them five minutes or whatever, how long it took, and you can't put in the 18 years. What five minutes? I'm just like. like. So if you get it, you get it. If you don't, I'm sorry. But I'm just saying, like, your decision, like, what what you chose, it affects, it, it not only affects you, but it affects other lives, too. So, really, yep. are you intentional? Like, we have to be intentional about these things and not just go with our emotions and go with just the flow. Like, as people say, I'm just going with the flow. If you go with the flow, you're going to end up in bed with that woman or you're going to end up in bed with that man. Right. And... Hello? Come on, let's talk about it. But Let's talk about <laughs> it. Can somebody talk about it? And now there's a whole 15-year-old that needs child support. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, don't and don't have the resources. Because you decided to dip for no reason. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Speak your mind. And now that whole 15-year-old does not know his identity because where does his identity where does his identity come from? His father. That's what the word of God says. The identity comes from the father. And why are these people searching? Why we have so many kids searching for their identity and going to these gay communities and going to these different things? Why? Because the father is not in their life, or the father hasn't taken that role that they're supposed to take as the as the household. Ahead, and so that this is like it all ties all together. If you're not doing one thing, you're also not. It's not going to all connect. That's right. And then also with that, there's situations where the woman wants to be a girl boss in her sense and wants to take the role of a man, but ends up having a child and then puts that boy, the son, to take up the role of what a husband would have done. Mm, that's good. We'll see. Cause, <laughs> that's good. That's good because um, I'll say this. I would say, man, I, I thank my mom for um, taking me to church because I did come from a broken home. Um, my parents got divorced when I was like six, and she still went and brought me to church. So I had all godly men surrounding me. And so, um, yeah, that's what they need. And, and I think not having a father really taints their image of Christ because many people who don't have a father or have a father that did them wrong compare their physical father to the Lord, to the heavenly father. And that really, yeah, and that really taints their image of our Lord. I think what Casey was saying about, you know, uh, 
women uh, recognizing that guys and girls are different, I think that's what's really hurting a lot of guys. You know, the, this idea that we are exactly the same, no. In the same way, a man shouldn't be telling a woman how to how to be a woman. You know, you, uh, you can't be telling a man, uh, a woman can't be telling a man how to be a man. That's why they need a man in their life. They need a father figure, all right? If, if you don't have a father, then a, a father figure. And I think that's really what's really hurting culture right now. Don't let your child suffer for the consequences of the father. Like, and it's, and it's so, it's so, it's so like, because I've seen a lot of like, just different backgrounds and different stories of just people just like, where either the female, either the dad does not want to be in the life, or the mom is like, no, your dad is not going to be in your life. <laughs> and just like comes up with all these stories of just, no, it's not going to happen. Be and you're cheating your child. You're cheating your child from that opportunity unless, you know, the father is one of those people that's just like, you know, that is just horrible. And then, okay, we need a lifestyle change first before, you know. But you're still cheating your child from something, from from who they are. Like, that's still a part of who they are. Yeah. The problem of, of you know, not having a father in their life is not just women's fault. It's also men's fault because they, they let it happen. You know, I, I've literally uh, heard conversations of me like, oh, yeah, man, you just need to get a couple baby mamas, you know. Yeah. Like, encouraging that behavior. And because they don't understand that being a father is more than you conceiving and then you being there financially, maybe. It, it's a lot deeper than that. That, that person needs to be raised by you. They, uh, uh, they need that emotional connection. And it's so important, especially when your child is a male, because many mothers will put on the father's responsibility on that son prematurely and have them be you know, the man of the house at such a very young age. And that really affects them a lot emotionally. It forces them to grow up quicker than they have to. And it also creates a lot of room for emotional incest, you know, between the parent and the child. It definitely does make a kid grow up more because, like, my dad, whenever he, you know, they first got divorced, he would call me and be like, hey, you know, um, I'm going to come pick you up. I'm going to come pick you up. I'm like, all right, bet. And he's like, I'm gonna, you're going to come spend the night with me. Pack your bag. So I pack my bag. He's like, I'll pick up at 7, 7 p.m. And I'm like seven years old. I said, all right, bet. So I'm all excited. I'm, like, I'm going to spend the night at my dad's house. Yeah. I'm over packing my bag. And out of nowhere, um, you know, 7 o'clock comes. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm sitting on the front porch. Out of nowhere, 8 o'clock comes. Out of nowhere, 9 o'clock comes. Out of nowhere, 10, I'm still sitting on the porch. And I know where my mom's like, you know what? She has to tell a seven-year-old kid to come back inside because his dad's not home. Dad's not coming back. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, over here crying. No, my dad's coming. My, my dad's coming, but he really never did. And so that shows so, that hurts. That hurts people. That hurts kids that go through that, you know? But thank God I had, you know, Christ. Yeah, and um, I also wanted to say, you know, if you're a single mother listening to this, because it's not all, like, Ricardo said, it's not always the mother's fault. Like, it's so easy right. for a lot of men to choose to walk away and not have an emotional or physical attack, uh, a attachment to this child. They think, you know, I, you know, I can walk away at, at any moment. It's not my responsibility. I, you know, whatever the situation may be. So, you know, 
big props to the women out there that are trying. Yeah. Um, but I think a way that this is so much easier to go through, obviously, I've never been through this, but I personally have parents, both of my parents grew up in fatherless homes. And through Christ, I'm telling you, through Christ, they overcame all of the traumatic experiences that they had through Christ and now have three children who are following Christ just as strongly as they are in this moment that will continue to spread the gospel to other people and to their offspring. That's how powerful the word of God is. And what I was going to say is like, we talk about the role of the of the of the woman in the household a lot, but also men share a role in raising the child as well, not just the woman. Like we've we've all said it in different ways, of course, but men hold the role too. Like there's there's certain points where we have to, hey, okay, we should not be emotionally detached from our child just because we're getting off of work and we're right. doing these certain things or say like your dad is a pastor or whatever the case may be, or your dad is working a whole bunch. Then daddy issues are going to come back up. Exactly, exactly. And it's it's just like, it's a lot. And so you you have to make sure that, one, you're in tune with the spirit and you're, you're always just intentional about, okay, I need to make sure I have time for work and then I also have time for my kid too. Like, it matters to build that relationship. And so a lot of the times, like, my dad was in my life, but I didn't like him until high school. And I was like, I was telling him all the time, I don't like you. I do not like you. And it would hurt my mom's feelings because my mom, she grew up in a fatherless home. Her dad died. Um, actually, her her dad was abusing my grandmother. And um, my great-great-grandmother shot him and killed him. And so there's just like a whole bunch of like division just with my mom's dad family (laughs) and all that. So, yeah, it's just like, but (laughs) speaking of girl bosses, yeah, she was the girl boss. She was was the OG. That's that's Medea right there. That's what we called her. That was that was Medea. No, that's what we called her. She was our Medea. Like, I'm so serious. (laughs) I will I will say this. If you are a young single mom, single Christian, single Christian mother listening, hey, keep up the good work. Yes. Find Christian men around you in your city. Because yes. you know, you know, it takes a village to raise a kid. So if you're going into a, a fine if you're not going to church, find a church and I'm sure there are good godly men that will help you raise that boy or girl. You know, or something like that. So, you know, stay vigilant. (laughs) Yeah. Well, going back to what, you know, Tommy was talking about and Jacob, too. That's what I really want to talk about. You know, as young men hearing this, we need to start thinking about that. Our job is more than just providing. It's a lot deeper than that. I, I mean, to be real, me and my father, it's, you know, I think as I've gotten older, I especially coming from, I'm a first generation. So I feel like a lot of people can, can relate to that because you know, I've talked to other people. When you're a first generation, your father is just really f- focused on um, 
on work. And you really can't blame them because that's the world that they come from. They're not thinking about all this other stuff. Uh, they're, they're thinking about, hey, how can I provide for my family to eat? Mm-hmm. But growing up, I would long for that father relationship. I would see it on, on Malcolm in the Middle or something and be like, man, I wish I had that relationship. And that's what really inspires me right now. Like, I want to have a good marriage, and also I want to be that there for, for, my, for my son. N- not just uh, financially, but, you know, emotionally too. Big facts. And I think a lot of times it's just being there. Just being there, being present. Just, if you, I, like, my dad told me this because he also, as well, grow, grew up in a father's home. And his story is kind of similar to yours, Tommy, where his dad would tell him all the time. And he actually did with me, too. And I was like, my dad was like, he's not coming. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but he would just, like, he would tell my dad, or it was three of them. It was three of them. And so he would tell them all, it's like, okay, we coming, da-da-da wouldn't show up, and um, it, he called my dad one day, and he called, um, and that's, it's so crazy that it happened to me, and my dad was just like, okay, let me let you know, like, this is, like, a regular thing, he's, he's probably not gonna come, I gave him the address just in case he does, but just know, if he doesn't come, like, I told you. At that point in time, he was just there. He was he knew the importance of just being there. He didn't know, like he said it so many times, I'm not sure how to communicate with you. I I'm just gonna be here. <laughs> and we're just gonna like work it out. And whatever you feel, like you can talk to me. And just being there has made so much of a difference between when I was younger and he just it was just like work, 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 work. And it was just like, okay, where do I fit in? Like, I just have my mom, really. You know? And so um, just being present is is just so vital. And if you can't be there for your child, at least send him a little heart emoji. Like, come on. <laughs> like, it doesn't hurt. Like, if you can't physically be there, let him know that you love him in some way or another. Not just by sending child support. Because sometimes that's just not enough. They got to know that you actually love them. Yeah, like send them a little heart emoji. I was just going to say, make sure you're making your kids a priority. It's, yeah. it's very, it's biblical to, you know, your family should come first. It should be your spouse, your children, and then all the rest. Obviously God. Okay, hold on. Back it up. <laughs> God, your spouse, your children, all the rest. And... You're right, but I, I wasn't trying to apply that. Uh, I was just saying that just make, like, I feel like a big issue with what you're talking about. I've dealt with similar stuff with my father, but I, one thing that changed everything, and I see for a lot of y'all, is when that parent truly starts to make priorities for their children, because it's important. You're raising the next generation, man. You have to take it serious. That's it. Yeah, and one thing I would add, like, on the other side of it, seeing it from, like, a child's perspective of what's going on, like, I'm not giving excuses for those fathers. Of course, they should, like, make more 
they should prioritize more, you know, their family more, of course. But, you know, the reality is there are a lot of men out there, fathers out there who are, like, working jobs where they're, like, almost never home. You know, I work in transportation, and, you know, the men, the truck drivers, they're literally never home the entire week. So even when they are home, they're trying to make that connection. Their child doesn't like them, you know, for you know what I mean? It's like because they're never there and their children, they don't understand. My dad has to go away so we can have lights. We can have energy in the house. We can have food on the table. They don't get that. All all they want is that connection. And that just makes it so much harder for the dad to build that connection and be close to their child in the short amount of time they have with them, you know? So I definitely feel, you know, for those fathers who definitely try their best, but at the end of the day, like, they, you know, not everybody gets a dream job. Some guys have to go work 80 hours a week. And, you know, at that point, it's just, yeah, at that point, you just got to try your best, and hopefully the mother is really helpful and letting the child know, like, hey, you know, your father has to do this, but he really loves you. And, like, you know, you know, please give him some slack. Please understand and really teach the child, like, you know, this is the reality of the situation, I guess, you know? When we lived in Washington, my dad actually traveled for a living. That's why we moved here, because he got a better opportunity. So coming from a kid whose dad, my dad was only home probably he was across the world. So he would travel he would travel and he would only be home like two days out of the month. Maybe, maybe like a little bit more, but it would be like every 10 weeks, my dad would come back for like a little bit of time and then he would leave again. And my mom had my mom had four little babies in this little duplex in Spokane. And <laughs> the thing is, is I I can say that I can see what point you're trying to make. But in those moments, that, those are not the times I had problems with my dad. My, my dad back then, my mom, I, I like what you said about how the mom should take over the role of making it clear that my, my mom made it very clear that my dad loved us, that he was doing what's best for us. I don't think there was ever a point in time during that time that I was resentful towards my dad for leaving. I think that whenever he came home, I feel like you just kind of have to make up for it when you're with them. Because when my dad came home, I'd be like, oh, my God, my dad's going to cut my apples. Oh, my God. Like, it was stupid stuff. Like, I would just get so excited to see him because my dad, even though he was traveling, even though he was working, even though he was across the world doing all these things, he made it intentional. Like, whenever he left, he would bring us, he would bring us home like a teddy bear from that state that he, our country he was at and all that stuff, like little things like that you can do just in case that there's like traveling dads out there, traveling moms. Don't be discouraged because of that distance. Don't be discouraged because you can't have that quality time that because of your job at the moment, because you can still have that connection with your child. Your child isn't just going to automatically resent you and hate you for not being there. I never hated my dad for not being there. I understood even at a young age so it's just some encouragement to the people maybe struggling out there with that. Yeah, I mean, for the kids or, you know, people in their adolescence, I would also say have patience with your parents. Because, I, I mean, as growing up, you think of your parents as these perfect beings and all that stuff, but 
you start to realize, hey, your your parents aren't perfect. You know, they're sinners just like you, and because of that, they they need grace just as much as you do. Your parents went through trauma that affected the way that they're treating you at the moment. When I realized and got older and realized the things that my grandparents put my parents through and how traumatizing and abusive it was, I can understand better, especially as a Christian, like I can have a lot more grace for the way that they did it. Now it ends with me and my bloodline. Like it ends, that ends there, all the stuff. You know what I'm saying? But we're breaking the generational chains in Jesus' name. But I'm not saying we stay complacent with it. But I'm saying I can understand and have more grace for that. We're here every week, bro. Y'all got it. Hopefully every week. I do want to say that this is a group of young adults. And, yeah, we're giving our opinions. and Plus Tommy the Boomer. <laughs> talking about our opinions and bringing biblical perspectives into this. But by all means, feel free to comment. Feel free to comment. Call us out on things if you need us. If you us, need to. Email us. <laughs> we want all the smoke. <laughs> but literally, just by all means, comment. You know, if you want to make it public, do it in the do it in the comments on, on our post, on our Instagram post. Yeah. If you want to make it private, send us a message. At, after service. If we want, podcast, if you guys want us to discuss Yahoo. a certain topic, yeah. let us know. Like we are so willing. Send us a DM roasting us. Please. Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> Please don't. I'm fragile. We want to know your perspective. We want to know what are you thinking? What 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 intrigued you about this these topics that we talked about? Like, we want to know. Yeah. Who's your favorite? Yeah. That's why. <laughs> nah, because we ain't gonna do all that because everyone knows that I'm their favorite. <laughs> and I want to thank Patrick, Patrick for helping us with the audio. Yeah. I'll get and in for also the- comment for Patrick. The person responsible for the audio is going to be Samuel, too. So we want to thank Samuel. Samuel Vongor. Comment comment little yam emojis for Patrick and Samuel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they've been helping us it out. It has to be a unique, exclusive but, emoji so we know that it's them listening and supporting them. For, hey, be patient with us because, you know, it's going to take us some time to iron things out. We really started from the bottom, though, because we're at the bottom. All right, thank you all.